Fun fact for you today. Mm-hmm. The name of this episode is also the name of a skillet song. I feel like I knew that, maybe. Because every time I've seen this title, I've kind of chuckled about it. I forgot about the existence of Skillet entirely until this very moment. I envy you. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm making it. Today, we are talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 28, Whispers in the Dark. How do you feel about this episode? That is a complicated question. I like it. Yeah, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. It's, it's definitely continuing our trend of getting both darker and racier. I was going to steal the racy pun from you, but then you already said it. Too late. You can't steal what has already been given. Um, <laughs> but kind of continuing that that trend here. Also, I cannot get over the fact that this title is a skillet song. I've never. I'm, I just. It just every. I can't take it seriously as a title. If anyone else remembers the uh, pop punk band alt rock band. I don't know. I don't I don't know what you would classify Skillet. Uh they were like a, a Christian alternative rock group kind of. Have they done anything like in a few years? Oh yeah, they're still totally around. Okay, cool. They endure forever as okay. long as there's money to be made. I mean, good for them, I guess. Like sheltered Christian kids have to have something to listen to. That's fair. It might as well be something that tries to emulate popular music. that's fair this episode is another jury lesbian angst episode which of course as everyone knows is mushit and we are getting really into we are getting really into the sex metaphor stuff here like you know before we were like mostly about that now it's just like we've gone from about i would say 30 percent to about 50% maybe and it's only gonna get higher I need to make like a a scale of Utina sex metaphor as it the Utina sex metaphor scale yeah I need to make a scale but yeah yeah that's what you probably do because because otherwise like I'm not sure how we're gonna keep talking about this but we every time we can just say it got more but that doesn't that kind of loses its effect after a while yeah We'll have to make some gradations on the scale to refer to. We'll put it on the Twitter. But yeah, this is a good episode, and I'm excited to talk about it. Do you want to hear my trivia before the episode, or do you want to know what my special trivia is during the episode? I want to hear it before. Okay, so Ruka, this guy Ruka, this new character that we're introduced. I know, spoilers, whatever. This new character that we're being introduced to in this episode of the show. Now, you don't watch the English dubs, so there's no way that you would have figured this out. But the the English voice actor for Ruka is fairly well known in uh, people of our generation for a very particular role in the English dub of another anime. What would that be? 
Okay, so take this guy and imagine he's uh, maybe like goofy and he has blonde hair and he wears a green shirt and he plays a dueling card game. You're and his best friend me. is Yugi Moto. No, you're fucking with me. I am 110% not fucking with you. This is the best thing that's happened to me all day, and I filed for graduation today. But no, finding out that Ruka is Joey from Yu-Gi-Oh! is the best thing that's happened to me today. I am legitimately not sure how to feel about that. He's not doing the uh, the accent that Joey uh, it's, it's, is known for. It's you know what it is. It's it's like I wouldn't know because I'm not watching English. But even if I listened to, it, I wouldn't know because his voice in my head has been completely replaced by the Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge voice. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. I remember. And like, so I, I don't actually remember his real voice. All I remember is like, Brooklyn Rage! I mean, you're That's not like, oh, far God. off. They really liked Brooklyn accents in anime dubbing back in the day. They <laughs> <laughs> did, it, didn't they? It's kind of weird. I like to think it's an attempt to mimic uh, the different accents that they give people in anime. You know how that's like mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think that that's what they're trying to do usually, but it <laughs> it usually came out pretty corny. Yeah, like because it always so. it never seemed like it was the an actual person who talked like that. It just seemed like they were getting somebody to do an accent, and it just it was so yeah. exaggerated and inauthentic. But anyway, yeah. So Ruka is Joey from Yu Gi Oh. And I'm very happy about it. And with that, we can start the episode. We start, as always, with scenery porn. This episode, the beginning of this episode, is pretty similar to the last jury episode, isn't it? Like, not this, but the very next scene that we're about to get. I think so. Jury's, right now, she's, she's sitting on a bench and staring at the water and the sunset. But now we're in the dueling room, not the, or the fencing room, rather. And this is, this reminds me a lot of the opening from the last jury episode, which also featured Shiori. That was episode 17, I think? Yeah, a long time ago. Is it just me, or does Mickey's hair look lighter here? Right now, uh, Is it just in comparison? Jury was dueling with somebody, and she won. And then we got a, we cut to a shot of Mickey, who was supposed to be up next, and a mysterious new dueler, who is definitely not a character we've already talked about in this episode, who has darker blue hair than Mickey, has decided He's to challenge Obviously, her. Mickey from the future. Okay. Yeah, I th- definitely think that they colored his hair lighter to make sure to distinguish him from Ruka, even though oh, the, the mysterious blue duelist... <laughs> Uh, Mickey remarks that he is as good as Jury, and then Utana from the rafters is like, no, Jury's actually slower than he is. The mysterious blue dueler says, you've improved since I left. Jury takes off her mask and says, I thought it was you, Captain. And then Mickey and Utana are like, Captain? And then the Captain takes his hat off, or his hat, his helmet off, and says... I thought you were the captain now, and then we cut to the title screen. We get the return of the school, the student council. Yeah, we're in the student council area, 
and everybody's talking about how Ruka's back, and we see the stopwatch. I love. I, I just. I, I, I hate the stopwatch. Naname and Miki. I love that Naname is just like incapable of of being graceful. I love her so much. Naname was complaining about Ruka, even though I don't even know if she knows him. And then Ruka's like, "That's no way to talk about an, an upperclassman." Apparently, Ruka was gone because he's sick. And Naname says, "Congratulations on your recovery." I think she knows him by like reputation. He says that end of the world has been complaining that the student council has lost their nerve. And then it cuts to Naname, which is pretty good. And we reveal that Ruka is a duelist. And Miki's like, are you going to be dueling? And Ruka's like, no, I've only just recovered. I've been away from the academy a long time. For now, I think I'll indulge myself in some normal school life. And yeah, yeah that that's this here. That's gonna happen, definitely. Definitely. We're getting some flashback, I believe. Oh no, this is in current day. This is Ruka attempting to help a girl with her form for fencing, and he's being very handsy. And Shiori like, is looking at him. I'm not sure how to feel about that. Shiori is in the rafters, and she's looking at both Jury and Ruka. I think I may have mistakenly called whatever the boyfriend was in the last episode Ruka because I thought he was this guy. I don't remember. Wait, was he not? No, this is not the same guy. The other guy had brown hair. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 you're right. Now we're in the locker room and Shiori is like caressing Ruka's locker for some reason. You know, as you do. He shows up and she gets surprised and his, what are those things called? His sword His falls well. out of the locker and she apologizes. Just look at that character design. Yeah. I really like that character design. She has apparently been polishing his sword every day since he was gone. <laughs> yep, we're not, we don't have to, that's not even, that's barely a metaphor. This whole episode is <laughs> barely a metaphor. She already says that she just wanted to help him and he repeats, so every day you polish the sword. Thank oh you. God. You're a very kind person. And they're like blushing and then he like goes in to kiss her and then we cut away before their lips actually touch. And now we're watching other students. Yeah. And Ruka and Shiori are walking together and everybody's talking about them. And they said she didn't waste any time going after Ruka. She's usually so quiet, too. I feel like they were a little harsher to her in the English dub, but I can't for the life of me remember what they said. I don't remember. I don't watch the English dub. There's Jury. Jury is glaring. They're they're angry, sad. She says... Presumably to Ruka, I want to speak with you. You know where. And then we're back at the location from the beginning of the episode. Ruka says he's glad that Jury still remembers this place. It brings back old memories. And we see a flashback, kind of, of them fencing together. And it's very dramatic. Meanwhile, in the real world, they're just sitting next to each other on the bench. I mean, they're metaphorically fencing. Yeah, they're fencing with their brains. And now Jury's standing up again, 
and they were talking about how he taught her all of his moves and she's the rightful captain of the team now and she tells him I don't know what you're after as a duelist however keep your hands off Shiori he wants to know why and she says good question why Shiori's an old friend of hers yeah, that's Gee, it. I wonder why. I wonder why she doesn't want Shiori dating some guy. It might be she's, because she's, she's gay she's as to, fuck. She needs to find a more girlfriend. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, but also, this is an incredibly tense scene. I really like this It one. really is, yeah. Uh, Ruka says that he's just trying to live a normal life now, and if he has feelings for somebody, he has the right to pursue that, doesn't he? And then we cut away and Utena and Anthe are getting into their ritualistic sleeping position. They're talking about Ruka and how he's even better than Jury. Utena calls him amazing, which I find interesting. I mean, I mean, he has all she has seen is him being incredibly impressive. Yeah, I guess that so. He's charismatic and like he's faster than Jury, who gave her a run for her money. True. Anthony noticed that Ujina was upset, but then they didn't really talk about it. And we cut to Shiori running in the night to meet with Ruka by a fountain. And he says, your heart is racing like a puppy's. And she's blushing. Weird and cute, but mostly weird. It's like 90% weird. Jury shows up in her luxurious nightgown with her hair down. And Ruka and Shiori kiss, and Juri holds her locket very gaily. He's like, get her a side. Ruka is like looking at her because Ruka knows that Juri's upset about this. He doesn't know why, I'm not sure. Or maybe he does. Well, she seems to think he knows, which I mean, I guess is possible, probable, very likely. Juri's not very subtle if you actually talk to her about Shiori. You'll see. We'll all see. Jury is sitting in her room in her chair with a clock going in the background and she's looking at her picture of Shiori that she keeps in her locket. She needs to find someone better. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could say that about like almost everyone in this show. I feel like it is basically everybody. Next day, Shiori's in a classroom and Jury comes to confront her. She's like, oh, oh hey, Jury. Jury. And Jury's like, Shiori, don't go out with Ruka. This might come as a surprise, but I'm actually worried about you. You can't trust him. And then Shiori's like, you are really the worst. Which is different from what she says in the English dub. Because she says, in the English dub, jury jealousy doesn't become you. Shiori runs off with some of her friends. And one of her friends remarks that jury's kind of scary, I guess. I don't think jury's scary. I like her. She can be intimidating. I wouldn't say scary. Yeah, that may be what they meant, too. Toga's waiting. Shiori shows up to the fountain where she's supposed to meet Ruka and she actually runs into Toga and he says he's got a message from Ruka and he Ruka wants to take her to a fantastic place (laughs) and Toga does his thing about being able to hear the sound of the end of the world and all this bullshit you know I bet Shiori just thought he was gonna like take her to a nice dinner and like they were gonna have like a cute little date night And, like, Ruka gets her all involved in this, and I don't even understand why entirely. And there we get the show, I suppose. 
I guess he's working for end of the world independently of the of uh everything. Like he's just working with Toga now instead of like the regular student council because Toga's not like on the it, council it's, it's anymore. More it's more he has his own motive. Yeah, but that was what I mean. Is like he's like he abandoned the rest of the council and now he's like hanging out surprised? with Toga. I no, guess. not at all. I totally expected you to take me to a strange other dimension, being driven by a a guy who looks like a prince. Uh, I expected this. Ruka tells her, "You're an adult now. Everything in the world can be yours." And they uh, are getting very close. And wait, did she was close. Shiori does not have clothes on anymore. It looks like, and they both get separate shots where they're like <laughs> moaning towards the sky. And Akio goes, "Don't you love the throb of the engine?" And does his little flip onto the car hood. I feel like they used the exact same shot for Ruka and Shiori moaning. Like, it looked like the exact same shot. It did look like it. We're back in the the garden, and Utsuna says, So pretty! The roses, I mean. I am a heterosexual. (laughs) Ruka and Shiori show up, and Ruka says the flowers are pretty, and Shiori goes over and just just grabs one. Kind of makes Utsuna mad. Shiori gives the rose to Ruka, and he smells it and says it smells lovely. And Utena notices he's got a dueling ring. And he tells her to meet him in the dueling arena after school. And then we get our Aiko and Biko. Catch anything? Not a nibble. Oh, I got one! Hang on, don't lose it! Okay, here goes! Gotcha! Oops, it's somebody's shoe! Oh, now I've got one! Hang on, we need a side dish for dinner! Got it! Oops, it's a kettle! Look, another bite! Alright, this time for sure! A tire? Apparently! Did you notice that when she got that rose, it was kind of a violent way that she grabbed it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I feel like that is very Shiori because it is a total disrespect for someone else or their effort or property. I'm curious to see if how close Ruka's dueling style is to Jerry's. An interesting point. Because they've so far, they've all kind of had a, they've all been kind of different. Mm-hmm. And Jerry was like mickey sort of straightforward formal doing but like way more aggressive than he was oh yeah definitely i'm guessing like i don't actually remember what it what what his was like but i'm assuming it's gonna be the same Hi. then we have our new we have our new our new um lead in to dueling here yeah with the gondola love it which is so much cooler i'm glad that she finally figured out the elevator I'm also glad that that we have that like weird bizarreness where like people keep losing clothes and instantly gain them the back. Yeah, you know. As you do. Everybody be taking their clothes off, man. <laughs> it's just it's a thing that happens. I guess so. The words for this are so cool still. Yeah. Even after all this time, twenty eight episodes in, I still love the song. It's a good song. Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. All right, all right, here we go. Well, okay, we get the castle spinning first, and then we here we go with the car. I'm assuming there's another gondola for the car, and like, but then again, it, it is sort of interdimensional at this point. Fruka and Shiori are here, and Shiori's got on a purple bride dress. 
Why is it that all the other color bride dresses look so much better than red? Oh, you take that back. The red dress is the best. I just don't. Okay, I don't like red and teal together. It's a weird color combination. Yeah, that's fair, actually. The dress being red is actually not that bad. But if it had like different colored tassels, then it would probably and different color accents. I feel like it would look better color wise but i've gotten used to this color combination by now so mm-hmm. like it doesn't even look weird to me anymore so he does the it's the same i was wondering when i first watched this episode whether or not he was gonna draw it out of her or that they were she was he, she was gonna draw it out of him nope this arc uh, is all about sword mm-hmm. role reversals <laughs> that's what it should have been called sword reversals Sword Reversals would be good. That's a new podcast, Sword Reversals. And we have the great monolith cars. Cars just sprouting out of the damn ground. Now, this is interesting because Ruka is about to spend the next few lines of dialogue. He's, it's almost like he's like negging himself as a way of like throwing Utena off. Like, he's talking about, like, you've beaten all these other swordsmen that are so good. You could probably beat me. Like, what is he doing? I can't tell if he's legitimately, like, convinced that she's better than he than she appears to be. Or if he is, like, he's trying to draw that out. Or if he's legitimately just, like, assuming that he can just, like, catch her off guard. I think that he is trying to catch her off guard because I think it's like Utena says, like, she's like, nobody's ever said this stuff during a duel before. And I think he knows that none of the other duelists would say something like that. They'll always be like, oh, I'm going to beat you. And so, like, it feels reasonable to assume that doing the opposite of that would kind of throw her mm-hmm. off her game a little bit. I don't he know that it seen- necessarily does. Also, if you're curious, by the way, um, the music in the Japanese involves the word hermaphrodism at the end. Oh, um, yeah, that's in the song, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, it's a weird song. But I have another idea, and I'll get to it in a bit. But I also wanted to point out that apparently, like, she seems to have attacked Shiori and not him, but his rose is gone. Oh, she got kind of hurt. Did she attack Shiori? Because usually the cars crash. Yeah, uh, it was sort of ambiguous because you see her coming and then um, Shiori, like, looks alarmed. Okay. Ah, there will be no no next time. Yeah, Shiori's like, it's okay, babe, we'll get him next time. And then Ruka's like, "Uh, there's not going to be the next time. I failed because you suck. I And Shiori's like, what the fuck? I did all this stuff for you. I polished your sword every day. And he's like, oh, by the way, that wasn't my sword. Your talents were entertaining. You have quite the thing for ad-libbing. Which, look, if we're talking about sex, because we're talking about sex now, ad-libbing is good. (laughs) Being able to, to change stuff up on the fly is a good thing. I don't understand what his deal is. He and Jury are talking at the bench, and Ruka's basically, like, antagonizing her. And Jury's like, what do you want? And then he just, like, walks off. And to be continued. End of episode. So, okay. I have two things. Let's let's dig on in. The first one is, is regards, regarding, um, like why he's doing the whole negging himself thing, why his, why he's like, doesn't like the fact that she quote unquote ad-libbed. 
step back from this ex- obvious sex metaphor for just a moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. He has come in. His first appearance is he is testing Jury. Yeah. He is fit, literally testing her to see how she's done, and he's not impressed. At least he says he's not impressed. Now, he then leads her on, except that if you go back to that moment, it's a weird moment where he gives her, he, he says the polishing sword thing twice. Why does he do that? Is that just like he's just repeating it? Because when I first watched this, my first thought was he's trying to give her an out. It's sort of a, he said, just said an obvious lie. And if she just says yes, then that sounds a lot about her, doesn't it? If she's someone who'll just say yes and go along with it, then she's useful to him because that means that he can just get her to go along with whatever. He gives Wait, her twice. Hold on. Okay, but wasn't she, didn't she think it was his sword? Well, yeah, because it fell out of his, it fell, it fell out of his, his locker. Yeah, and but he says it wasn't his sword. It's been I'm, in his locker. Yeah, but I'm inclined to think that she, like didn't actually do that like we don't to the best of my knowledge we don't see her actually doing that in any other episode right but she says that she did well yeah she crashes the car well yeah because she thinks that he thinks that like here's the timeline i'm thinking that never happened she is she sees that there's connection between him and jerry she wants to get in like break that like get in because she assumes that jury is interested in it she has this established motive of screwing with jury yeah so she is by his locker doing being weird and the locker falls open when she's startled and a sword comes out he gives this bs story that has no basis in reality about how someone polished it for him and kept, looked after it when he was gone and she immediately just says yeah that was totally me uh, i think you're just smarter than me i didn't get that <laughs> And I'm not entirely sure yet that that's true, but that's what that was immediately what I was thinking. You know, She's honestly, lo- that makes sense, and that falls very in with Shiori's character. So I don't know why I I don't know why I would be more likely to think that she did actually polish his sword. <laughs> I don't know, like I mean, it's other really than the obvious. fact that it gets it allows me to say polished his sword for an entire oh year God. over and over. Uh, I mean, it's really obviously like. A, uh, a sex metaphor but it just seemed be, be, like it it seemed like her it, i guess feigned sincerity after like the car crash it seemed it, like it convinced me i guess because maybe i'm, I'm just seeing, susceptible to things well here's the thing that that's actually it doesn't have to be feigned because obviously like it is it is entirely entirely possible for her to to like initiate that relationship or think she's initiating it um, in order to get a jury and then it be legitimate where she like has a legitimate crush on him now, especially after it's very heavily implied that they've done it. Hmm. Like she now it's kind of real and she doesn't, she, he's basically just said, yeah, it's actually, I lost because of you. And that's kind of hurtful. And she's like, no, like what's going on? Like this relationship that I had that was solid and, I was getting something out of it's just like imploded it's control thing and it's also very legitimately like a like i like you now kind of thing it, 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 it can be both um it would also make sense if we look at it from like what his motive is like what is his motive well if we think that through every time we see him in this episode if his motive is to test jury in some way to some end that everything he does in here makes sense you know they both kind of want to fuck with jury 
And I get that, like, plot-wise, neither of them knows that both of them want to fuck with Jury. But I feel like they would be stronger as, like, a team. They seem to have the same goal. That's all I'm saying. They have the same, yeah, they have the same goal. The problem is that we don't know entirely about him yet, but Shiori is so tunnel-visioned that she cannot go beyond her goal of messing with Jury. If she's in Jury's presence, she has only one goal. Everything outside of that is a tool to reach that point. I'm just and so saying, I don't like, think she's able to see that possibility because she's focused on what she's going to do. Yeah, I just feel like if she found out, if one of them found out that both of them were trying to fuck with Jury, that they could, like... They could actually conspire together. Like, it would have to take something, like, really obviously happening to indicate to one of them that that's what was happening. Like, neither of them would, like, come out and just say that. But, like, if one of them figured out, which in this alternate rewrite of this episode it's obviously Ruka that would find out that Shiori's trying to fuck with Juri. Like, I feel like... I don't know. That could have also been an interesting way to go with these characters. Yeah, I think it could have been. Here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Do they have the same motive? No. Like, yeah, they both want to do the thing. But Shiori's motive is is pretty, like, transparently negative. Well, with, I mean, where, so is you know, It seems to be, but, like, it's, it's less so to me. Like, not to say that it isn't. It's just less, like, obviously so. Because mostly because the... Yeah, like the first one where he is, where he's disappointed in the fact that she hasn't progressed. Oh, he says so. Makes me wonder if his ultimate goal is that he's trying to push her to be something. Whereas, like, she already just wants to screw with her out of a sense of sort of, I guess, inferiority. Yeah. And then, like, I'm not sure. Like, of course, I may be totally off. He has a totally other ulterior motive. But if so, they have the same, like, some of the steps along the way are the same, but their actual motives are diametrically opposed. I guess Where so, they could yeah. still work together, but they would all, eventually they would have to split. Well, yeah, like, I mean, be, in this yeah, hypothetical they, rewrite of the episode, that's how it would resolve, is that they would yeah. both, like, their individual desires for jury would butt heads they're 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 at best fellow travelers yeah yeah um of course i'm interested to see to what extent um ruka's ultimate motivations are in any way benign because obviously his actions are not i don't even remember if he's in another episode he's gotta be i'm gonna look up spoilers yes you have to look up spoilers because i'm not allowed to yes Okay, yeah, he comes back. Yeah, he's got to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that supposed to be? Mm-hmm. I don't want to reveal the nature of that noise, but uh, something's going to happen in an upcoming episode that I'm not going to be a fan of. Might be this oh, next gosh. episode because Jury's in the thumbnail for it. Oh, my gosh. Should, be, should, should I and our listeners be prepared? Um, I mean, it's not like, I guess it's not like that big a deal. I don't know. It's similar to the uh, the same kind of content we get in this show. I'm not sure how to compare it, you know? Oh, dear. But I also don't, I was, I was thinking about telling you what the act was, but not who it involves. But I feel like if I tell you who it involves, then you're, or if I tell you what it involves, you're just going to automatically know who it involves. So... 
I'm just gonna leave that okay. ambiguous. I well, guess we are off. The, we are off the air. You've got to tell me. Okay. You cannot say things like that. It's not that big a deal. I just it's a spoiler yeah. for I guess probably next week's episode. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I guess he comes back. Which he was going to have to with, with the way they left him off. Yeah, I mean, you know, but a lot of times with stuff like this, people come and go for one episode. Yeah, but Yuzin is better than that. I just want to remind everybody that the voice of Shiori is the voice of the main character of another one of my favorite anime called Space Pirate Mito. I totally forgot about that. I knew you would. That's why I brought it up again. I need to rewatch Space Pirate Mito. You all need to watch Space Pirate. I have it it's on DVD. So you have no excuse. It, it's so dumb and I love it. It's very strange. It's so, so weird and also very worth it. Well, I mean, it's more straightforward than say, it's weird, but it's more straightforward than say the likes of like this. Okay. It's, it's less weird than Uta, it's, but it's wackier than Uta. It is absolutely it's, wacky. It's like, Utena's weirdness is like, is this a real or an illusion? Or is it like an alternate reality? And Space Fire Mito's weirdness is like, I don't know, maybe our lasers go at 90 degree angles now just because they can. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's I don't gotta explain show. shit. It's, it's the future. Yeah, basically. So yeah, this was a good episode. I like that we're getting some more jury because I love me some jury. Definitely. Do we have anything else to say? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. Well, by the time this is out, this, what I'm about to say will probably already be up, but I was on another episode of Sailor Business, the Sailor Moon podcast that inspired this podcast, and it was a lot of fun, and I'm really glad that Jordan and Chris had me back, because I love Sailor Moon, and I Oh, I have another podcast coming out. It will probably also... The first episode of that will probably also be out by the time this drops. It's called The Fresh Podcast Market. And it's my friend Teresa and I talking about podcasts. Because we and like I've to come up... listened to the first episode. Alice got special access to the first episode. And I, I sent her a link to it. But yeah, we just come up with goofy ideas for fake podcasts. And we talk about it. And it's, it's fun. Y'all, it's so good. I really enjoyed the first episode that I got to listen to. It's Aww, very good. Thanks. Also, it's so good. It was really fun. Also, also, I posted about this on Twitter, but Sound Guy Jimmy and I have been doing a stream of Dream Daddy, and it has been really fun. We're two episodes in, but you can find those episodes on twitch.tv slash jimothyjam. Yeah, Jimothy Jam. And we usually do that on Saturdays. But I guess that does us for this week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Alex, where can they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. If you want to email us, you can do that at Imagine Me and Utenacast at gmail.com if you want to follow us on tumblr you can do that at imagineandutonet.tumblr.com that wraps us up revolutionize the world everybody see you later